good evening. <clears throat> well, have you ever read through the Exodus story and um, been struck by this odd tendency of <clears throat> the people of Israel to complain and grumble? And you see the story and you see God's work and you see how much he has proven his faithfulness, his power, and also his care and love and the relationship that he has established between himself and Israel and wondered why on earth are they complaining? Why don't they just sit back and let the Lord handle it? Well, um, I certainly was struck with that uh, in preparing um, for tonight's devotional. And um, uh, it's my goal this evening uh, for all of us that we would walk away praising God because um, he is, um, because there is no one like him. Um, We're in a series on God and the Pentateuch. Each Wednesday, some individual gets his turn to um, exposit one verse from the Pentateuch on God. And so that's where we are. Um, The text is Exodus 15.11. So take a moment and open your Bibles if you can. I bookmarked it and then I pulled the paper out. So... It reads, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Um, This text comes in the context of a song that Israel is singing after God has destroyed the Egyptians in the Red Sea, and delivered them safely to the other side. They have been freed from their bondage and servitude to Egypt. Um, And so they sing a song of praise to God for his awesome deeds. And and it seems, in my reading, it seems like a um, striking contrast to the um, grumbling that we have, all, have just heard one chapter earlier and will continue to hear even later in this chapter. Um, not us, because we're not reading it, but if you were to be reading the text, or the, the full story. <clears throat> um, so, as I said, the goal is for us to all walk away from here praising God because there is no one like him. And I want to show two ways in which God is, in which there is no God like God. Um, First is in regards to his judgment, and the second is in regards to his mercy. And we'll be drawing on the broader context of this this verse uh, to demonstrate that. Um, So in regards to his judgment, Israel, the text here, it says, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Um, there's a little bit of a comparison here uh, in that statement. The, the Egyptians, uh, the Israel has just seen God perform 10 plagues against 
the Egyptians. And in each case, or in many of the cases, um, there's this statement, so that you may know that I am the Lord. Also to the Egyptians, so that Pharaoh or the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And even in one case, that there is no one like me on the earth. Um, And... Sorry, give me a second. Um, so in Israel's context, they have, they have these plagues, um, from what I have understood, is not my expertise, but they are um, each um, specifically against Egyptian gods. And uh, whether that is or the case or not, we get to see, um, we get to see that whatever their gods are, they are nothing compared to, um, to Yahweh. The, um, before the plagues start, they go to Pharaoh and Moses and Aaron go, and they cast their staves on the ground, and um, the Egyptian magicians, who seem to have some ability to do something similar, cast their staves on the ground. They all become snakes. But the one that belonged to Aaron swallowed up the others. And you see in that case, even there, that while there seems to be this similarity, and that is blinding Pharaoh's eyes, um, that Yahweh is the one who's stronger. And then as the plagues start to unfold, and, and Pharaoh continues to harden his heart, for only one of those plagues were the Egyptians really able to do anything similar. Um, I think that was the second plague, uh, one of the bugs, um, gnats or flies or something like that. Um, or, no, or okay, I could be wrong. It could be the, it could be the blood. Um, either way, um, the point being that then the rest of the nine plagues, the Egyptians can't do it. And God is the one who is show, shown forth as triumphant. And yet, as things are not yet quite relieving the uh, is, Israelites, they um, complain a couple of times. So... Um, that brings the, the uh, story up to the time when uh, Israel has left Egypt and they are before the Red Sea. They grumble and say, why can't we just serve Egypt? Just let, let us alone. And then God brings Israel through the Red Sea. Egyptians follow in after, and the Red Sea comes down and destroys them, never to be seen again. Um, God's judgment for the Israelites should be apparent and clear. Um, judgment of their enemies. Um, if they are on God's side, they should be safe and not need to be not to need to fear. Um, well, I when they um, when they finally do sing and change their tone and say, "Praise God." Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Which is what they should be saying. Um, the uh, the reasons should should are are clear from from what they've been able to observe. Um, and I I might have lost my place, but um, for us as we sing this song as well, um, we have the same God. And he has um, demonstrated his 
care in adopting Israel as his son, and he has also chosen us as his children. Um, and so, um, yeah, just, I guess, want to think about the application of seeing that there is no God like God um, in regards to judgment. And I think to get into that, uh, first is to think about who the enemies are that we have, um, according to Scripture. And um, first off, uh, we do have the devil as an enemy. Um, Ephesians is clear that uh, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against um, spiritual powers in heavenly places. And um, the... Leaving it there, it's, it's still kind of vague. How does that apply to our own lives? Um, but, but at the very least, if you were to be faced with a devil that was obvious and clear, you know the answer. God is in control and not the devil. Um, and I think some subtle ways that that, uh, that that can come into our lives and in our contexts here in the U.S. Um, one comes from my own life in which um, I was in college and got into uh, a lot of charismatic theology and um, community. And there were a lot of things that people did that were in response, that were a f- came out of a fear of the devil, even though they were claiming to believe in a God who is more powerful. Um, and one small example was um, prayer walks. You can do prayer walks. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is, if you are doing it because you think that you have a responsibility to manipulate the devil by that your, your prayers are more powerful if you are in a certain spot. Um, and so I, I think just understanding that there is no God like our God who is the true king of the world um, and all other so-called gods, devils, demons, or idols that we construct in our minds um, have no power. Um, so I, another enemy that, um, that we have is, is the world that persecutes the truth and persecutes us. Um, and um, a comfort that we have is that not only um, is that our, our God is greater and he will bring justice forth. Um, for the Egyptians, uh, sorry, for the Israelites, uh, he, he destroyed them utterly. It took time because that was God's patience, um, but he did it. Um, and then thirdly is our own sin and our own flesh. Um, Galatians speaks of the war between the spirit and the flesh. And... Um, This, the Egyptians here were drowned in the bottom of the sea. Um, And interestingly enough, they get recast by Micah as our own transgressions. Um, So when we consider, um, when we consider that God's judgment on our own sin, that he will conquer our own sin, um, it, it just adds so much beauty to um, the song of the sea here. 
Um, so I will read a little bit here from Micah chapter 7. It says, um, sorry, finding the starting spot. Um, As in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt, I will show them marvelous things. The nations shall see and be ashamed of all their might. They shall lay their hands on their mouths. Their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent, like the crawling things of the earth. They shall come trembling out of their strongholds. They shall turn in dread to the Lord our God, and they shall be in fear of you. Who is like you, or who is a God like you? Sound familiar? Pardoning iniquity. We just had, who is a God like you, doing wonders. And here it says, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will, and then I will change the word to something that's better translation, conquer our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea, just as Pharaoh was cast into the depths of the sea. So I think the when we say there who is a god like you um or who is like you o lord among the gods doing wonders we can think back to um just the redemption that we have that we all individually have and the pardoning of iniquity that we have received um and the promise that is in this that our sins will be conquered as he conquered Pharaoh. Um, So the second way in which I hope we can see that there is no God like God is in his mercy. And this is uh, related to um, the passage from Micah. But you think back, Israel, um, at least in one place, it talks about how they did not listen to Moses. But then... A little bit later, Pharaoh did not listen to Moses, and God planned to judge Pharaoh for that. As they're going through the Red Sea, what would have been just and right of God would be for the sea to swallow them both up and for them all to be destroyed. But God saved in a unique, or God performed this act in a unique way in which he destroyed the Egyptians but let Israel pass on through. Um, So Israel was not worthy, and immediately before this, they had also complained. Um, If if you think about the Israelites grumbling... um, they're not seeing the God who cares for them and who is greater than, the, um, than whatever else they fear. Um, and um, there's a connection, I guess, between their, their grumbling and their ability to see God as the one who has... Um, called them their son, his son. 
um, and who is will provide for them. <clears throat> so, um, for ourselves, uh, I think to be encouraged to see the mercy of God um, and to th- meditate on it, to meditate on um, the many ways in which he has um, again and again not shown his hand of justice upon us as we deserve. Although he did conquer our sin in Jesus um, and destroy it, um, yet we ourselves have come through seeing only his mercy. Um, so the, the encouragement for us is that we do not, that we not grumble, um, that we give thanks to God, um, on account of that, um, that we see that the God who, um, is greater than all our enemies, the devil or the world or our flesh and sin, um, has promised, uh, and assured us of the victory. And um, as we meditate upon his, um, upon his greatness in this way, um, we are better equipped to, um, to face the trials and temptations that he has before us. Um, so let us give thanks and praise the Lord um, that there is no one like him and no one who saves like he does. Um, so let us go ahead and pray. Uh, Father, we um, just give you thanks that um, you have not looked upon us um, according to the sins that we have, um, and, um, but you have shown us your mercy and your patience um, and that you have saved us, we thank you that um, we can look back and see your faithfulness and let that be the reason for which we, um, for which we cease to fear um, the world and its enemies. Um, Lord, we, we just ask that you would help us to see with clearer eyes um, the beauty of your redemption. Um, In your name we pray. Amen.